So fresh off the heels of Suburban Commando comes Santa with muscles. Yeah. I was going to wear my Santa hat, <laughs> but that thing gets so damn oh, warm. I, I know. So yeah. I'm just going to pause for a second and probably superimpose a Santa hat on everybody. So oh, one, two, God. three, freeze. Okay, and then as you were. I just don't want to animate and have to move. <laughs> you don't need to <laughs> superimpose beards on us, that's for no, sure. That's, that's true. Right. That, that part might wash covered. out all the color in the beards. You know? I'm sure that the uh, superimposed Santa hats that you're going to put on are going to look better than the Santa hat that uh, was in that movie we just watched. That was like the most like dollar store crappy Santa hat yep. I've ever seen. And it was really funny because it's like... You know, like the rest of his costume's okay. Why aren't you gonna get like a good actual Santa hat? Maybe they just forgot. I don't know. <laughs> is it is it is it in frame? We just get like just yeah, just the corner. It's no, it's fine. It mostly like just kind of the gl- yeah. There you go. Uh, so I knew that it was it, it, you know it's July, and <laughs> when I worked at Oregon Stop Pizza, they would do the Christmas in July, just like a lot of other establishments sure. do, and that's just kind of a you know a, a neat little thing to do. Well, first off, it's the largest Wurlitzer Theater Pipe Organ in the world, played by one of our organists every single night, and we're celebrating Christmas in July to help out the United Food Bank this year. All right, guys, let's take a look at this as the organist rises from below. Now, why was it important, or what exactly is celebrating Christmas in July? Well, this is the worst time of the year for the food banks. They hardly get any donations this time of year. So we partnered up with United Food Bank. This is our sixth year of doing this. And what it does is it just gets a little bit of awareness. People come in, they get a 10% discount on all their food just by bringing in two items of canned food or donating $2. It's a festive festive experience. We've got Christmas trees up. Santa and Mrs. Claus are here on the weekends. So it's just a lot of fun. I, I, I was kind of searching. I did just like a very general search for something that was, you know, bad Santa movie. I mean, not bad Santa <laughs> movies, but just, you know, cheesy or whatever. Uh, this was the, the, the candidate that looked great on paper because you knew exactly, all? exactly what to <laughs> expect because you have this cast of just the most wonderful weirdness of and some coincidence as well you have uh hulk hogan and so you know what to expect from him you have mila kunis mm-hmm. uh pre uh, maybe only just a couple years off because didn't she start that didn't she lie her age did she? When she was doing that '70s show, that's a piece of trivia. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know that. Like she actually wasn't 18, but wow. she was like 16 or something. Are you confusing know, her with Tracy Lords? No, that's a completely different subject. She lied about her age too. Yes, she. Okay. Yes, she did. Uh, no, but I, I believe Mila did too. Just Interesting. Just yeah, I'm curious. So when that '70s show started, I mean, uh, you have Garrett Morris. Mm-hmm. SNL alum, which should have been he should have been bumped up in the because uh, they just said like with Garrett Morris right. in the opening. Yeah. Well, he credits. he did get a with at least, but he played more of a major role right. than Clint Howard is also in this film as well yeah. as the bumbling sheriff cop, whatever. Right. Uh, who else did we have? We had some people that have had smaller roles and other things. Yeah. We had the woman that. 
played Savick yeah. in the later Star Trek. Yeah, she took over for Kirstie Alley, so she was Savick in, uh, in Star Trek 3 and 4. Okay. Uh, who else am I missing? There was... Uh, oh, Ed Begley Jr. Ed Begley Jr., yeah. As either Mr. Frost or Dr. Frost. Ebner. Ebner. Not Ebenezer, but Ebner Frost mm-hmm. was his name. Um, and uh, and then we also had Don Stark, who plays Donna's dad in that 70s show. Okay, um, yep. Yeah, so it was a nice little that 70s show connection there. Yep. And I think that's... I wonder if they even realized that. Well, and the kid from Picket Fences. The kid from Picket Fences, right. Yeah. yeah. That I don't remember anything else we start out with Hulk Hogan as uh, Blake Lively. What was his name? Blake. Blake, <laughs> Blake Edwards. Blake Edwards. Uh, Blake Thorne, richest man in ten states. Uh, and he is the what they say as the evil millionaire. I I don't know. I didn't really see like the evil side he of it. He was evil. He was super eccentric and narcissist. Just annoying. Yeah. Exactly privileged yeah yeah like made all of his servants like playing war games with him which i didn't really ever understand did 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 i miss it was it going like too fast like what was the whole purpose of their whole war game i think it's to keep him on his own toes okay yeah got it yeah it's kind of like a pink panther sort of thing right which i mean if i became stupid rich overnight i'd absolutely (laughs) do that absolutely really? you just have, right have your chef attack you in the middle of your omelet yeah yeah always with a meat pounder <laughs> right <laughs> or always. a t-square right. <laughs> yeah, he would also be a french later. chef because i i would want him to say like sacre bleu yeah exactly every time yeah this movie needed more uh one-liners i think <laughs> a lot of one there were but i think it needed more yeah to be fair i mean it, you could always use more and more puns uh and more alliterations but it didn't need more plot because there was a lot of plot for a movie of this nature. so sean since yes. you brought it up what is the plot all right so uh hulk hogan gets hit hit on the noggin uh, he falls down. Okay. Keep it simple. <laughs> Hulk Hogan starts. Uh, all the police are after him because he, in a speed trap, he took his paintball gun and started shooting at the cop cars that were chasing him. Uh, and he successfully evades the police into a mall mm-hmm. during Christmas where Santa has not shown up yet. And everything is going like crazy because there's a line of people demanding Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. So Hulk Hogan is running around the back of the, the mall, you know, like uh, the Terminator. And then he jumps down a trash chute to hide from the cops. But he gets clunked in the head, falls down, has amnesia and thinks he is Santa. When he well, he is con- he yeah. is convinced that he's Santa. By right. The- One of the elves goes and grabs him, and he's like, yeah. "Oh, here's a doofus that can dress up like Santa." Well, yeah, because like the bucks. the actual mall Santa is like missing. Right. Yeah, which so- is a mystery that's never solved. Right. Totally. Where's the actual Santa? Well, because they're all drunks. Right. Or it could be like a Trading Places tie-in or something. Maybe. Somewhere. Maybe. Oh, yeah. I like that. 
the expanded Santa with mm-hmm. Russell's universe. Yes. <laughs> uh, so he ten he, years removed. He thinks he's Santa, and from that point on, he just kind of Santa's his way through the day, and then he gets involved with a orphanage that's about to get closed and an down. eight year old girl. Well, he doesn't get involved with the eight year old. Oh. Come on, keep it clean. It's a family movie. Yeah. Uh, you keep it in the family. <laughs> So he ends up back at the orphanage. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why. He, he, you just broke me there, Joshua. Sorry. Yeah. He, uh, he ends up there the and he protects the orphanage from the real evil rich person. Right. There's multiple evil rich Mr. people. Mr. Frost, who much like uh, Mr. Freeze is in a suit, containment suit at all times because he's a germaphobe. And he's trying to take over the entire city because somehow there's like a Goonies-like catacomb underneath (laughs) it, which has minerals that explode when they Uh, come into contact. Electricity. There's electricity crystals. Right. Right. Electricity crystals. Right. And that was at the point where I was like, I'm, I'm out. <laughs> like, I'm done. I'm finished. Um, there, there's way <laughs> too much out here. going on for for me. Right. And yeah, that's the, so. And then he, of course, it's Hulk Hogan. He saves the orphanage. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> See, the that, didn't, that didn't seem too complicated. Cut yeah. to. Right, right, right. Well, that's what it should have just meant. Was right. Him right. saving the orphanage. Sure. They just waited too long to reveal the evil plot. And plus, I don't even know why he wanted those crystals. What were the benefits of getting those crystals? I mean, apparently they were super valuable. Yeah. Like, apparently is because they talked about that there's mil- that they're worth millions of dollars. Huh. Um, so I don't know if it was just a money thing with, uh, with you know, e- Ebner Frost. He's, he seemed very well off to begin with. Yeah. Not unless it's like a like a mark cuban sort of thing or or a mr wonderful i watch a lot of shark tank i like shark Tank. <laughs> like a mr wonderful sort of thing you can never have enough money you sure know, you, you want to keep yeah you know accumulating more and more and more but and yeah more. i would i would assume that the whole like electricity crystals thing would have something to do with like some uh, plot right to take yeah. over the world because well, why something. wouldn't you in in, in corporate like game you know the the germaphobe thing, or you know the 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 freeze sort of thing. I was trying to figure out why those little, I don't know, they're like on the pillars, and then they had like these little like. The, oh yeah, like the fog machine things. Yeah. yeah, I assumed that was like some kind of like, like disinfectant. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. when he like enters the room, one of his henchmen's like spraying stuff, and he's like, "It's disinfected now." Right. So I just assumed that was some kind of like disinfectant spray for the outside for the outside. Yeah, the Even vicinity though he just stayed inside all day. Totally. Time. Yeah. Yeah. But his name is freeze so or frost so right. you would think i was i was thinking the whole time that he wanted to like there was some nefarious plot that he wanted to freeze the neighborhood for some reason totally. or <laughs> if it was sure. something like he was yearning to be like outside and in, in the environment you think of like i don't know maybe like the there was some sort of germ that was in the air that could be killed by freezing it and because okay now i'm like again this is another movie that i'm rewriting the right. entire plot Same, you're, do, you're doing a lot more work than they did so the it's gonna like, use it's, a couple of rewrites so you're you're on point oh i know this is la we don't see snow anywhere sure. 
Now, I now wouldn't it have been great if they were not like electrical crystals, but like freezing crystals that killed this certain germ that didn't allow him to leave his estate. Right. And therefore, you know, he want yeah, because I mean, his name, and then it would all just kind of tie together I, and make th- sense. Absolutely. You know, like, yes, it would make sense. There's a lot in this movie that does not make sense. And that's one of them. Um, you know, so yeah, totally. Or maybe he needed those crystals to cure his wife's cancer who's in a <laughs> containment unit. Exactly. Yeah. You can't deny... And make him an anti-hero as a result. The uh, Joel Schumacher Batman influence. Yeah. Yes. On this. Yeah. I, I, multiple henchmen with kind of their right. own little, you know, personalities. And, I did have a hard time seeing it at first because I was just mostly thinking, like, visually, it's not really Joel Schumacher. But no. Yeah. But, but, but as soon as I really kind of see, there's all these different henchmen so there's like they're different scientists which is i think really kind of funny like well, there's this whole yeah they were the rejects of whatever right. uh university or yeah so th- then and that's kind of the theme with the whole thing uh it doesn't really come across that well uh but that's the kind of the theme is that you have frost and then he's got all of his scientists so you've got like a geologist a chemist and then i can't remember what the electricity woman is i think he just says like a master of electricity i don't think he actually says beautiful yeah oh yeah yeah exactly you know so uh those are his three henchmen and or or his three like mini bosses i guess and like the henchmen (laughs) (laughs) um like our lab assistants as you could see in like the the uh the the credits they're listed as lab assistants that are all armed with T-squares, apparently. I don't get that. I don't, I don't, I don't know where that comes from. Not a lab assistant thing. I mean, if there's any lab assistants out there that um, apparently you guys use T-squares all the time, like, send us a message and let us know. But, like, I don't think that's a thing that you that you just use T-squares and lab assistant work. Um, so it's almost like, hey, I, I mean, T-squares, I think, like, you know would make an okay weapon like i remember being a kid and having a t-square and pretending like Mm -hmm. it was an axe right like and so you know there is that whole kind of little childish uh you know flight of fancy aspect to it but thematically it doesn't work like they should have like beakers or something that they're breaking over people's heads or things like that you know a centrifuge i mean there's a a lot of different things that are lab assistant related that you could use other than a t-square just a gun because they're trying to contain these people <laughs> sure this is a movie where a uh, regular beat cop has a rocket launcher and <laughs> it's his true trunk. it's true yeah. right. so everything's out the window yeah which that moment was great like yeah, for yeah, sure it's funny yeah yeah and and i do want to say um i don't think this movie was terrible like i, I really don't like i will say this at least this movie had a pulse yeah. and a lot of the movies that we've watched just don't you know and they're just really just languid this movie has a lot of very bad jokes that fall very very flat but at least it's constantly doing something right it's mm-hmm. constantly moving from place to place it's not just sitting there like a dead fish um and it's a kids movie and i think that, that you know we have to kind of at least with something like that take it I, I don't think we should give it a pass because it's a kids movie because there's lots of great kids movies absolutely uh but this is 
you know, it's meant for, you know, to be like, like disposable movie that the parents rent at the video store around Christmas and the kids watch it. And maybe well, it's because it's got Hulk, Hulk Hogan in it. Sure. That's really yeah. the only reason why this thing exists. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, and boy, he's not a good actor. <laughs> he's really bad. He's got charisma. Oh, I don't know if he even has a ton of charisma, in my opinion. It's just like, I think he's better when he's this Hulk Hogan character. Um, but when he is just himself, I definitely don't feel that he has a ton of charisma. He has an awkward way of speaking and things like that. I think I'd almost rather him had been his crazy over the top Hulk Hogan character. Gotcha. Well, like Suburban Commando, like you mentioned it, where he's just the character by nature is a silly character. So he right. needs to play up to that. Mm-hmm. Um, he, the, he wasn't as fun in this movie as I felt he could have been. Yeah. He, he didn't go as far silly as he should have. Sure. They gave that to the awful oh. uh, elf character. Yeah, and that guy, what is his name again? I want to look up his name just so we can trash him. <laughs> <laughs> Don Stark. And he's fine in that 70s show. Like, he's doofy, but he's not, like, incredibly annoying. Um, but it's that, and we've, we've seen it so many times. We saw a lot of this in um, My Mom's a Werewolf of just... Hey guys, be funny and wacky, right? And it's like they just let the camera roll and let people be funny and wacky and there doesn't seem to be a bunch of direction involved. Mm-hmm. It's just this kind of like off the cuff silliness and it just doesn't work. And, and then it, they throw in the music where it's boom 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 right. boom 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 boom. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, and it's just it, it, that kind of stuff just drives me crazy. You know, people making dumb faces and just that that forced slapstick stuff just really drives me up the wall so in in this one there were not too many extras other than the the mall people mm-hmm. who just were, were bad were way too excited right, about right. everything that santa was doing even beating the crap out yeah. of people yeah uh if you ever seen that many people waiting around they would not be that excited once santa got there <laughs> yeah well, well especially parents the parents angry yeah yeah, 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 definitely. Well, and again, it was just an evidence of you know that what happened is they that they put the camera on a big crowd and they said, "Okay, everybody, you're really excited," you know, and that's what they did. They, yeah. And it was like, and they didn't really have anything. Eh, I don't really blame the extras in this case. It's like the the filmmaker didn't give them anything to really go off of. Um, and you know, but it, what I'm saying, and well, where I was where I was leading yeah, yeah. with this is that. There were not too many extras in this that were really annoying. It was just all the main characters that were. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Annoying and just not doing. And they couldn't do anything with what they had. Yeah. Again, just like you said, with the extras. I think Garrett Morris was fine. You know, he's, like, he's always great. Yeah. He's always great, but he he wasn't being super over the top. He's even more, I think, kind of over the top silly in like the stuff as Chocolate Chip Charlie. Like he he does have that kind of over the top kind of you know almost a little annoying. Honestly, um, that's a great movie, but it's like he could have pulled it back a little bit. And I like the fact that he wasn't that out there in this movie um but you know yeah i mean i think even the the kids like even mila kunis just like it's it's exaggerated uh, kind of responses to everything Mm -hmm. that it's just really inauthentic and even in a slapstick comedy movie just it gives you this feeling 
of like community theater you know it, it gives you this feeling of like this like community theater play that everyone's super excited to be there and they're having a really good time but it's it's not really it's good uh it's it all well and we also said it too i guess i didn't i didn't really look to see if it was actually released in a theater but it's very made for tv yeah uh vibe to it it's not like suburban commando which was actually released in the theater so it had, had a, a budget, l- little yeah. more sure. polish to it um and it also reminded me of well not so much like the either like a disney channel like teen show or like nickelodeon type show yeah where it's it is exaggerated in some way or this is how like you know acting type thing totally you know as opposed to actually being real but there was that one real part with the uh with the don elf guy um where he had, he had like an honest response mm-hmm. and it stuck out like such yeah. a sore thumb absolutely because of that it was a bit understated you know and it was a part because you've got a all the basically it's like at the end of the movie and you've got clint howard pulls up and it was a very funny moment too he's like he's his police cars have been getting battered the entire movie and he pulls up and the thing's just like a shell or of a car and it's like pulls a rocket launcher yeah exactly drivable (laughs) right it's still drivable after a rocket launcher hit and it pulls Mm. up and the windshield wipers are the only thing sticking up and they're just going back and forth uh so that was really fun and he, uh, he he pulls out and he's and everybody's just standing there looking at this building that just exploded and they're just standing completely still and he's like everybody freeze and they're like already frozen and you just have you know that that dude just like looks over and he's like you know it's like well he raised one hand he's like right he's like, like kind of already, pointing yeah, at the building they're already frozen uh, idiot yeah exactly and I was like that's that's good if this movie had more comedy of that ilk I think it could have been yeah really a little funny. just kind of dial it down totally. just a little bit and just kind of have like this subtle humor um I mean I don't think a an eight-year-old needs like all that right like bravitas you know behind it or just silly goofiness Agreed. all the time i, I don't think they kids do. are much more mature than you know people try to write for yeah you know? no i agree 100 percent. i think that it's like yeah kids like you know minions and whatever dumb stupid things that kids like but they also like good stuff too right mm-hmm. they also like the incredibles and you know and it's like you don't have to make your movies dumb kids kids like like anything you know like for the most part as long as it's not boring right uh kids will like anything so i just don't understand why people when they make these kids movies like have to make it like just stupid yeah, very broad yeah exactly well, i think that there's two good ways to make this type of a movie one is having one zany character right you know and everybody else play it straight or you just have everybody be a cartoon sure and at that point all your realism's out the window anyway. And this this movie's not balanced well in that regard because you pretty much have... I mean, the kids, for the most part, are straight kids. Yeah. I mean, they're not, they're not really being characters, even when they overact a little bit. Mm-hmm. The, the orphanage, the woman who runs it, and Garrett Morris, pretty straight. Right. Fun, and, which is, again a waste of use of Garrett Morris Mm because he's really funny. Uh, And then, but you have all of the enemies and all of the baddies being absolute comic book characters. Totally. 
And so it just it just doesn't work. There's no like I don't know what's real and what's not. I guess, yeah. and that's kind of the vibe that I felt. Well, and again, like you said, it it, it brings you back to to Schumacher, right? To like Batman and Robin, where it's like, well, when everybody's silly, right? When Doctor or when when uh, uh Mister Freeze is saying dumb one liners, and so is Poison Ivy, and you know, and then also you've got Batman pulling out the bat credit card and right. the bat skates. And it's like everybody in the movie is joking and you don't have a straight man. Um, and that's dumb because Batman should be the straight man in that, right? You know, you should have a straight man and you don't have a straight man. Right. Um, and it's, you know, in this movie, Hulk Hogan is not the straight man because he's saying the dumb puns and everything as well. Uh, yeah, I absolutely agree. You know, it's, it, it feels a bit like the, you know, the the lunatics have taken over the asylum you know it's just it's just uh, it's just too much um and again like like i've said it before i'm sure everybody was having fun that's okay um i don't want to bag on this movie too hard because i don't think like this movie is not a complete piece of trash like something like in my opinion like uh, uh, uh dead men don't die you know where it's like what are you even why are you wasting my time with mm-hmm. this movie right um and i will say like the production design doesn't feel like a straight to tv the the directing and the acting feels like a, a tv movie um but i and maybe it's just an effect of that it was in 1996 and like everything was shot on film right so even movies that were straight to tv had a bit of a higher budget um and mixed in thx yeah yeah totally on top of it and i think the action scenes were fine too you know i didn't think they were terrible you know like i remember when we watched like dead mento die and like you know there was like that one car chase they were like were holding on to it's like oh thank god there's something with a pulse in this movie finally um and there yeah, was a lot good. yeah that's a good pun yeah right <laughs> the, there was a lot of of things like that i mean there was some pretty okay action scenes uh, some pretty good car chases uh stuff like that so i do think that it was a lively film it was just so many bad jokes so many bad uh you well know, yeah you, you, you can have kind of this blues brothers car chase mm-hmm. kind of thing going on uh, you know the the very light 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 version minus 196 car crashes or whatever it was but to use the uh the the ranch or italian dressing with you know low fat three calories per serving uh, two bottles of it as an oil slick was a <laughs> little bit of a stretch yeah i understand the uh the the the, the powder drink right you know to obscure their vision and go off but uh, there is stuff like that where it's just kind of like, eh. yeah, totally leaning really hard into it. And there were a lot of things that just didn't make sense. Like you brought up, there was like the whole part uh, where they were in the catacombs and he's the telling him catacombs. Yeah, exactly. And he's like telling him, okay, well, I'm going to tell you who you really are. You're actually this really rich guy and here's your uniform. And it's like down in the catacombs. Like, how did it get down there? They right. just yeah. traveled down there. He didn't bring it with him, so it's there all of a sudden. And there was, like, multiple... I can't think of them right now, but there was, like, multiple things where just you were, like... convenience. Wait a minute. Like, how did... Plot, what, plot yeah, convenience. Where did the where did the thing of quiche come from? And, again, it's, like, at that point, it's it's being a cartoon, but it didn't go all the way to being a cartoon. So you, you didn't stop asking those questions. Yeah, and maybe they just didn't figure that, you know, 
people in and around their 40s <laughs> right. would be sitting down and watching We'd be doing an movie. entire podcast. They did, they did not account for view and spew right, at all. They right. didn't account the fact that we would be doing a deep dive on this film. Yep. <laughs> I know, you know. So my favorite part or, or continuing part of this film were the T-squares. Completely, totally... Oh, yeah. Just always fun every time a T-square showed up. Mm-hmm. And they had what I think would have been good as like one T-square that maybe they found, you know, at this uh, at this orphanage or, or uh, uh, church or whatever it was. You know, initially, I mean, you know, as right. opposed to what was actually in the film. Yeah. Um, they had a metal one big long you know the metal one with the with the black and then they had the the wood one uh and it just kept popping up yeah as this device that the henchmen were wielding yeah the lab assistant henchmen there every was no, one of them there had was one. there was really no payoff with it no. necessarily i mean it was just something they kind of like waved in the air but i don't think they actually struck or did anything right. with it but just as a visual element and kind of the oddness of why are they carrying T-squares? Totally. Right. Not unless either the prop department, director, anybody who was on that set didn't know what that thing was, <laughs> but kind of looked like something that could be wielded Ooh. as a weapon. Do you think it was whoever built the set left their T-squares <laughs> there? And so Like they, they had just, multiple T-squares? Yeah. So right. they, they just grabbed them and decided to run with it? That'd be funny. Yeah, that's pretty funny. So Uh, it's one of those things where because the movie itself is not engaging enough mm -hmm. that a T-square starts (laughs) rolling in my head and I'm more curious about the backstory of a goddamn T-square. That's true. That's true. Um, I like how there was like a sumo lab assistant as well. (laughs) Oh, you you got super randomly. giddy over that guy. <laughs> that guy was so funny. He also doesn't show up until I like know. four fifths yeah. of the way through. It's like movie. at the very he's end, and like suddenly he's just there, and he's like making like really silly faces that I actually thought were working. Do you think you one know? of the other henchmen just couldn't make it that day, and they needed somebody? Maybe. And they said to Hulk, they said, "Do you know anybody had you know in in your WWE <laughs> or WWF circle right. that could come out for the day or two?" Sure, sure. Um. And I also thought it was funny how, so it's like when they were down in the cave and the kid like throws one of the electricity crystals on the ground and it has this really like this Breen-esque bad explosion, Um, you know, and then like you're talking about at the end when like the whole like orphanage church thing blows up. And we're expecting, like, oh, this is going to be some crappy, or maybe it was you that said it, but some, like, terrible overlay of an explosion. It actually looked really good. It actually built a model and, like, had it, like, implode, like, at the end of Poltergeist. This (laughs) house is clean. Yeah, exactly. Uh, And I I thought that was, like, pretty good special effects, actually, for Mm -hmm. a movie of this budget. And it was just funny, because, like, the rest of the special effects that they had were, like, terrible. And then they just suddenly have really good special effects but i like to imagine that it was like they farmed that out to a special effects house and they're just like super fucking good at their job you know they're like yeah okay you i don't care we're gonna do excellent work regardless well of that's the when you saw the very slow moving credits and you know they had yeah. the second units and stuff and i was surprised that they even had a second unit yeah totally so that might explain why you would see certain henchmen just kind of pop up at different times and then not at other times too. right this is probably just all cobbled together with, you know, 
first and second unit. Sure. Right. I can buy that. Sean, you have any favorites? Moments? No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, did you even like the movie at I, all? I liked it, and I uh, honestly, I, I was kind of just enjoying the charm of what this movie was up until the point where it just kept consuming itself and becoming a bigger and bigger plot. I mean, if, if you want to have Hulk Hogan save the orphanage, I'm, I'm down with that. Save the or- orphanage. Why is there a citywide uh, you know plot involving the the main guy buying up everything which they specifies for no reason early in the movie and then you find out well it took a long time it took more than halfway yeah. through the movie like and that's the thing three like, quarters like, the end before you knew what he was, his intentions were. also they kind of write off the fact that they either had no budget for the orphanage only has three kids in it. Everybody, <laughs> they, they only have three kids, and it's a again, yeah, it's right when I there. was going to mention that as we were watching it, they wrote it off, right, saying, "Oh yeah, we just, uh, you know, what would you call it? What we, did they say? We rehoused all of the kids except oh. for these three, yeah. which really yeah. made and what did the what did the, the boys three say? most adorable kids? Yeah, nobody the wanted leftovers. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, we're the leftovers, right, and then right. he storms off away. Yeah, well, we're pretty much closed down anyway. See, uh, we found homes for all of the kids that we could. We're the leftovers. And then when they eventually take over Frost's house at the end, there's all these other kids. Right. You know, so apparently they weren't happy with their foster homes. They're just like, oh, well, we're going to go yeah. live in the rich house. Yeah. Um, also, well, because you know what it is, you know what it's like. I'm saying, I'm sorry to interrupt. Oh, no. It's but fine. it's like Easter when pe- a lot of people go out right. and they buy a bunny. Yeah. And then the day after they regret it and then they return the bunnies. Oh, I said a thing. So uh, people. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, bunnies. Yeah, oh, that's a, a thing. Yeah, yeah, that's a thing. Oh, you mean okay. so like with the orphans, people go out around Christmas time because really? they feel like they want to, you know. <laughs> and so then they, they return, return the kids yeah. right after Christmas. That, those, Buyer's those, remorse. Yeah. Again, I'm, re- I'm rewriting thirty the day returns. Yeah, the, uh, sure. Yeah, so at, at the point you can abandon kids anytime you want <laughs> to, Josh. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, totally. And do it, dumpster babies. Do it. Uh, when it turned into a Goonies. Oh, the yeah. West Coast Goonies is yeah. when I'm like, all right, this is bullshit. This um, is stupid. Let me ask you on that Goonies tip. Did, did did I miss, did they ever explain how he knew the last number to the combination? Yeah. Well, no, not specifically. Okay. But Garrett Morris, in a fine moment of exposition, uh, explains to Hulk Hogan, because now he knows who he was. Right. Don't you remember you and the villain, like were raised in this orphanage or lived in the orphanage. Right. One of them might have owned the orphanage to begin with. I don't recall. And they were best friends okay. growing up. So that establishes that both of them had been to the orphanage prior to the events of this movie. Right. And they hung out and they played together in those uh, catacombs. Okay. So that he might have either cracked the code at that time or... Hmm, okay. Well, and then that's probably how... Uh, Eb knew that there were crystals in that vault. Right. Yeah, but then how come he needed somebody to break into no, the vault? No, there's absolutely... Yeah, <laughs> he there's, didn't need somebody right. to break into the vault. He needed the uh-huh. uh, 
orphanage to get the hell off the property. He all he was trying to do is buy that property. But so he, he still had somebody there. welding into the vault. If he knew, oh, if he right, had been right, in right. there and knew the combination, yeah. you wouldn't think he'd have to go all diehard on it. You know. So I don't know. All right, fine. This movie is complete crap. <laughs> it's not complete crap. It's, no. it's here's the the problem. No, just, but with the, with yeah, that, that's no, you're the right. problem. That is a yeah. pro- that is a major that's a big issue. Problem. But uh, what I've found in doing this wonderful show that we're doing is that I've had to lower my bar for what <laughs> complete crap is. <laughs> now, now I'm watching movies like Santa with Muscles. Saying, actually, you know, it's okay. It is. <laughs> I mean, it's okay. This was you know? more charming, I think, than the last couple movies that we watched. Yeah. At least initially oh yeah definitely uh i was i was feeling it for a while i was feeling good about sure this one. totally and then i just stopped feeling at all <laughs> yeah yeah well i started missing a few things as it as it started to progress yeah. you know but i you know i was i was in on it i mean it's just it it's more interesting to see the cast that's in it and to see like well especially like mila kunis you mm-hmm. know at the age and just kind of going oh you know you're trying to like look for that 70s show it's just you know, so funny just, that like her voice hasn't changed like no. she still has the same voice as when she was like whatever like 11 right. years old in this movie it's so crazy um same mannerisms and everything too, i know right, right? Just, uh but you know i i don't know i've seen lots of really really bad christmas movies and you know i none of them have had like a rocket launcher and clint howard and you know yeah. like a, a a fighting chef and chauffeur you know so there are there are some things to hold on to in this movie i don't think it was a completely ill-equipped choice yeah, like i'm honestly can... really glad we watched this instead of like the boy who saved christmas sometimes you just have to believe well that you know? that was actually my second choice on there well i was almost gonna flip a the elf who didn't believe would have been but i like how it's like sometimes you just have to believe the elf who didn't believe <laughs> no one can shatter his dreams <laughs> but they can shatter his ornament right <laughs> get it just in case they didn't see that well that just means we have to keep doing the show Do for we? three more years <laughs> Do we? anyways that's Adam, I'm that i'm done talking about yeah, no, we're, <laughs> yeah. santa with we're muscles santa merry with christmas muscles. everybody merry christmas i hope your christmas in july is a very special one and to you and yours Happy holidays in July. Oh, uh, go to cultfollowing.co. A lot of stuff going on. So much stuff. Just because it's Christmas season in July. Exactly. And we are the gift that keeps giving. Bye. Bye. Ho, ho, ho.